The second reading is coming to us as we've been reading since Easter from the first letter of Peter, this week from chapter 3, verses 13 to 22. Suffering for doing right. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. And always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behaviour in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive for us in the Spirit. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah, with, when the ark was being built. In it only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities and powers in submission to him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm going to look at the uh, second lesson for today as we are continuing through the letter of First Peter. And we're up to chapter 3, verses 13 to 22. And I'm going to frame it around the theme total assurance and security when things get wobbly. Have you ever been caught on the sea in a small boat and uh, got into trouble? I remember two times in Papua New Guinea when that happened. Once was on a banana boat and uh, the uh, outboard motor uh, stopped and we drifted for a long time before we could get that outboard motor going again. And another time it was late in the afternoon and I was on one of these very long uh, dugout canoes, also um, with an outboard motor. But the sun had set and the outboard motor conked out again, stopped completely, and it was uh, very dark. It took a while again before we got going again. And uh, to make it worse, the canoe was overcrowded with passengers from the Papua New Guinea highlands and so they were a bit terrified uh, drifting on the sea there and being in trouble on the sea. Fortunately we weren't caught in rough seas. It's frightening to have boat trouble when it's a small boat on a big sea. I think it felt a bit like that at times for the Christians Peter was writing to in his first letter. These small groups of isolated Christians regularly faced discrimination, 
harassment, suspicion, disadvantage, rumours and gossip and misunderstanding of who they were and what they believed. They must have often felt like small boats on a big and dangerous sea, sea voyage. Do you sometimes feel like that in these long weeks since everything changed in the way you live your life? Do you feel like a small boat on a big and perhaps dangerous sea? Well, Peter's first letter here continually anchors our boat, our small boat. He continually anchors our small boat safely. That might be tossed about sometimes. It can't drift away. Peter solidly anchors the small boat of your Christian life safely to Christ. Jesus is your solid and sure foundation in the middle of everything that's a bit wobbly and uncertain. Some parts of this text that we've read already seem strange, especially, uh, say, verses 19 to 20. He went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago. Now, Bible scholars have come up with different interpretations about what Peter meant exactly. Where did Christ go? Who did he go to? What did he do? When did he do it? Why did he go? How did he go? Now, I'm not going to address all the different ideas and attempts to explain all this. I'm going to say what is clear about these verses, what Peter is saying to these frightened Christians that is clear to them and is clear to us. Jesus is risen. Jesus is Lord. There's no doubt about it. Jesus is exalted and majestic and glorified at God's right hand. And every knee is bowing before Jesus because he is alive. He has won the victory over death. Jesus defeated every oppressing, powerful force in your life by giving his life for you and then coming to life again. Now that's a strong anchor. Jesus, died and risen for you, is your strong anchor that has saved you from all the oppressive forces in your life. And Peter goes on to say, therefore, in verse 22, Angels, authorities and powers are in submission to him. Jesus is Lord of all. Whatever powers they are, good or bad, Jesus is Lord of all. And you are safe and secure in his hands. Another strong anchor Peter throws out in this text is when he talks about baptism. Our identity in Christ, verses 20 and 21. Now, Peter doesn't look at baptism as some ritual that's been and done. You are baptized. You are saved. It's not something that's happened. It's something that has happened. But he says you are baptized. You are saved. Which means it continues to be in your life. You are now anchored to Christ and what he has done for you. This has continuing effect for your life today. You are saved. You are safe with Christ. That's like being in the ark that saved Noah and, and his family. Of course, still being tossed to and fro because you're still living on this earth. But saved by Christ and safe with Christ. 
Now, Peter says, of course, baptism is not just like washing some dirt off your body, but it's a connecting you to Christ and giving you a new identity in Christ. So connected with Christ in his death, this buries your sin, takes your sin away. And connected with Christ in his resurrection, well, this gives you a new life, setting you on a path following in Christ's footsteps. A new life in Christ. A new identity given you in Christ. Now that's another strong anchor. The first letter of Peter doesn't gloss over the tough things in life. It isn't nice to suffer, is it? It isn't nice to be ridiculed, harassed, discriminated against just for what you believe. Christ also suffered once, but rose again to life. And Peter tells us that and goes on to tell us, therefore, and assure us that there's no place that Jesus has not gone. There is nowhere that the gospel, the good news, can't reach. Peter reminds you, Jesus is with you, yes, with you, even when you suffer. This is God's sure and certain promise. He promises you, I am with you. Even in the crazy times, you can rely on Christ's presence with you and for you. Even when everything else changes, this doesn't change. That's another strong anchor, the enduring presence of Christ, no matter what tight corner you're in. And did you notice this strong anchor? The Gospel words in verse 14 where Peter says, Do not fear. Don't be troubled. God knows there are times and reasons to be afraid, yet your Lord is in control. And he goes on to say, And in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Verse 15. That means to acknowledge Jesus is your Lord. He, the one who loves you so much that he went to the cross for you, is in control. So lean on him. Trust in him. Day in and day out. Now we've seen a bit of fear in the early weeks of this pandemic lockdown in Australia. I mean, what makes perfectly ordinary people wipe toilet papers off the shelves of our supermarkets in panic buying and at times erupting with violence in the aisles to get hold of those toilet paper rolls? And some people selfishly tried to profit out of hoarding toilet paper by reselling it. What makes ordinary people do that? to live violently, to live selfishly. Fear makes people live wrong. But Peter gives us the Gospel words, do not fear. Do not fear because Jesus is Lord. Jesus saves you and gives you a new identity and is always with you. This is your hope. And if fear can make ordinary people violent and selfish over toilet paper, what can hope in Jesus make ordinary people do? Peter says, be ready to tell others about that. 
Now, how many are you are ready to talk about that? To talk about your hope in Christ? To talk about your faith and what it means to you? Are you embarrassed to do that? But Peter shows you that believing and trusting in Jesus gives you a greater perspective to live your life than just the small boat experience on the big and rough sea. Peter gives you the bigger picture of what God is doing in your life so that you can live your life with hope in Jesus. And that, says Peter, shows in a love lived with love because of your hope in Jesus. A life lived in hope, compassion and respect and even suffering for doing good, not living life in fear. Fear not. Never be afraid. Where have you heard that before? Christmas and Easter. The angel said to the shepherds, Fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy. A Saviour is born for you. And on Easter morning, the angel says to those frightened ones at the empty open tomb, Don't be afraid. He is not here. He is risen. God gave you a Saviour. You have hope for your life and for the future. It might be all out of your hands, but it is in God's hands. He is your hope. Jesus is your hope, your anchor. Amen.